just listening to it. Just taking it in. I can't figure out... Jay, I know you're playing the tunes back there. I can't figure out in my next life what I would love to be more. I've always dreamt of myself as a bass player because there's just such a... They lead the league in facial expressions. I mean, no, no bass player just plays the bass. They just don't. There's just a curl of the lip. There's usually like a, in between a scowl and a, and a strut about them, and it just sounds great. Or, Jay, I might, I might need to be a drummer just because I want to flip the drumstick and catch it and keep going in rhythm. I, 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 don't, I can't do either. I'm not musically inclined, but I don't know. Would I be better off as a bass player or a drummer? I would say both. We always shoot for the stars here. You can be like Prince, a print, a musical oh, genius. Yeah, and play and everything. do yeah, do about play about seven, eight instruments, and then you just get up there. Sometime when you feel like strumming a guitar, you strum it. Sometime you feel like beating on the snare, you beat the snare. Sometime, and that's the point. You have to have some vocals too, because mm. you have to be the main, the lead guy. I'm so, out there to dance, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're the yeah. lead guy, and guess what that brings? Now, hopefully, Mrs. Ross is not listening because we're talking well, she's about the next life. Knowing that I'm no uh, no talent here on any of this, but go ahead. But that's fine. Is that brings the girlies? Mm. Okay. You know, when what? you're the lead, when you are the lead guy, and you can play two, three, four, five different instruments, man. I mean, we're talking about tour buses loaded. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you know we're around athletes more? You're around musicians too. I should say that than me, but. Um, Athletes kind of want to be musicians. Musicians want to be athletes. It's so funny. But isn't it true about bass players? Have you seen a bass player that just plays it? They always have a a facial expression about them, but just... mm, They're animated. Getting it. Yeah, they're animated. They're they're characters. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. How about you? What would you be playing? Oh. You know, it probably would be some form of a guitar. I'm with you. Yeah. Bass, you know. um, People love playing the drums. Yeah, I think the drums look cool. I, I'm impressed by anyone that could just end up, you know, hey, we have a piano over here, and they could just, you know, just go and just play. Like, could, that's impressive to me, but I, is, you know, I just. Is uh, there anyone who's the most famous triangle player? Who's, like, the <laughs> world's famous, most you know, most famous triangle player? I feel like that's something I could have tried. Ping. Yeah. Xylophone. Yeah. I mean, at this Cowbell. point, come on. Yeah. At this point, you could play any instrument. And I'm a believer that you could turn into being the best person in the world with social media, YouTube, all the uh, different yeah. things that we Trick have. I mean, we have DJs that we don't even know what they look like. They're wearing masks. That's true. So that's true. It's part of the game. Next life, though. Rock star. I, Rock I, star. You might be able to accomplish it now. I, you know, that's the bummer. I think, you know, I guess it's like anything. If you put time in it, it's it's just too bad. I didn't do it. as a, Like once you start something as a kid, you just kind of have it. But I'm not a kid. No, anymore. You're still young, brother. Unlike Chris, I'm not going to bring the ghost of Chris Verlade oh, in here yeah, today. He, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to say you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're young. Well, I appreciate that, Jay. Uh, are the Kings young? <laughs> I don't think so anymore. That's another topic that people would say. Well, this is a young. T- I don't think so, Jay. This group's played together a lot, or at least enough in my mind to overcome some of the things that have happened and that's what just you know still has me scratching my head and you know we talked about king's universe yesterday yes king's universe i was gonna say get that right first yeah get that out there and king's universe all royalties go to uh, jay johnson no Uh, i'll share with you (laughs) you can have them you can have them it's your your trademark um but you you just it's 15 games into a season and i get the feeling if they did not have a good weekend a loss tonight and tomorrow that come monday it's just doom and gloom and it's just it's 
I guess it's a cycle that, unfortunately, we've all been on for far too long. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've discussed this yesterday, and, of course, um, there's nothing different that I'm going to say today, and I know that's not the best thing to say, but I think it's kind of more of a let's let's wait it out a little bit, and, you know, King's Universe doesn't want to hear that. I get it. No one wants to wait out, especially when you just want one and three on the road, especially when you have a losing record. No one wants to wait anything out. They want to see results right now, right? We're today. we're yeah, we're a microwave society. What have you done for me now? What what can you do for me tomorrow? I need to know how we're gonna win next week. I don't you know, it's no ifs, ands, and buts. And so I understand that part of it, but the Raptors are a decent team. They're gonna come mm-hmm. in, they're looking for a win. And when you go one and three on the road and when you have a six and nine record, most people look at you as the get right game. That's very true. You know Toronto is. I mean, based on the trip that they've been on, they're thinking, well, we played Utah tough, but this is a game we have to get because we have can to get beat it. Sacramento. Yeah. And and understandable. And so now it's time for the Kings to kind of put their, you know, dig their their heels into the ground and, and let people know, you know, you can't come to Sacramento, can't come to Golden One and do those things. But it just hasn't been happening again last week or a week and a half ago, five and five. No one was complaining. Right. right. Now we're six and nine. And if they win tonight weekend, now, of course, Utah is going to be a tough game. But let's just yes. say they split. You go seven and ten. We're probably still in the same boat, right? I say mm-hmm. we because I'm I'm the 16th man on the end of the bench. <laughs> but we're probably still in the same boat, which is Correct. understandable. Right. But it's all about, okay, let's wait next week. Let's see the other two or three games. Mm-hmm. And then you said this yesterday. They win two of the next three games after this weekend. We're 500. How many people are complaining now? Right. So yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's just a, again King's universe. Understand, this is what should have been expected coming into the season. There's nothing wrong with that. Understandable if you don't see anything where you know uh, defense hasn't gotten better. You know, there's a lot of gripe about coaching right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, rotation minutes. You know, rebounding is something that not only have the fans talked about media, but of course the team has has kind of put it under the microscope. That's understandable, but we're 15 games in. We're 15 games in. The Lakers are on struggle. There's teams who are struggling. Yeah, there's I'm, only a few that are thriving. Yeah, I mean, come on, 15 games in. Let's get a, a bigger sample size, and I know, I, I understand, Kings Universe, they don't want to wait anymore. Right, and 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 I think in a fair fair world that's true, just because I think it's it's – a byproduct of the 15 years. I mean, it really yes. is. And there's impatience, and I get it. I want to see this team. I would love to see the record be 9-6 and six, where there's a little wiggle room that you could have a night. Hey, it didn't go well tonight against Toronto. All right, get back at it tomorrow against Utah. But when you three games below 500, when you really disappointed yourself, the fan base, you get Tristan Thompson to go on a rant because of a 1-3 and three road trip that you thought you could do probably the the opposite of 3-1, and one, you don't give yourself, Jay, the, the leash, the wiggle room to – to have a bad two or three days. Now yeah. they really can't, uh, I won't say can't afford it, but it's just digging more of a hole and asking and leading to more of the questions of everything, of the lineup, the coaching staff, just all the, the roster, the whole thing. Well, you know, and you say something that's kind of interesting, Jason, where you say they can't afford it. On whose record, though? On whose account, I should say? On whose account can't they you know, they can't afford to take 20 games in before they're, you know, everyone's yeah. the judge, jury, and executioner. On whose well, account yeah. can they not get a little more time? 
And that's that's a good point. And the way I guess I'm looking at it, because I I wouldn't have thought anything was in kind of jeopardy, and I I can only go by the the sources. But you know, Sam Amick and was it Shams that had the article earlier this week in in the Athletic about peril. maybe this position being in peril. But then it's okay if you dig a little deeper. Like how how much is that? Who's saying it? What is it? In the next three games, if they lose, are they in trouble? Is is Coach Walton in trouble, or is it? Hey, if they're um, 16 and 24 halfway through is he in trouble I mean, that's a long way to get to so I don't know I, I would say this team and his track record he knew this season started where he was basically on the hot seat I don't think that's changed but it's just how hot is it how what do they have to do to really make that vulnerable or be in peril I guess well, would be the way I'd put it yeah it seems on some people's account it's it's go time right now and then you have some people who you know, maybe like myself is kind of in the middle of this is what I expected. I expected somewhat of a 500 team. Mm-hmm. I expected somewhere around high 30s, maybe low 40s if some things clicked correctly. You know, I know you shot for 44. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm I'm not that far off. But I'm the one thing. And this is I've said this 100 times and I'm going to continue to keep pushing it as Sacramento Kings, the, the, the Kings universe. We have to start to become real with ourselves. We need to stop lying to ourselves. And I understand that we want hope. We're we're basking in hope. We want to see something different. We want to see um, progress. We want to win. And, and you know, how many times, and uh, you're talking to an Oakland Athletic fan here, how many times can we go to the will and not get the victory? How many times can we not succeed and prevail? So I get those things. I understand those things. But on paper, if we just just break it down to paper, I don't know anyone who expected the Kings to not have mixed results and struggles. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so if that's what we kind of knew, I, I would challenge any Sacramento Kings fan that's outside of Golden One to say, you know what, we're gonna we were gonna win the championship. We were gonna we were gonna finish in the top six in the West, and we weren't gonna have losing streaks. We weren't gonna go one and four on the road. We weren't gonna start five and five. I challenge anyone to tell me how you saw that on paper. Right. This is to be expected. Now, with that being said, I know someone can say, well, but I'm hoping for more. I expected a little more because it's a new year. Well, every team in professional sports can say that. Yeah, if you're not starting a year with hope, then what are you doing? Exactly. As the 76ers, the process Mm-hmm. You know, they went into it to the process. Oklahoma City, you know, Tristan said, Oklahoma City, they don't want to win. Detroit doesn't want to win. You know, Minnesota, maybe they want to win. I get what he's saying, and I, I understand what he's saying. It's a business. They're looking for first-round draft picks. But at the same time, if all of it shakes out and the Kings finish where you you, you kind of detailed yesterday, yeah. 9, 10, right. I'm pretty sure Kings Universe would be happy with that because that would mean you would be in some type of form of a playoff, uh, a play-in playoff, or you, you're close to the playoff. What's wrong with that? Right, right. And that's that's the area I thought they would be in. They still can. They still technically are right around there. But you just want, to me, I think it's it's also the context of how they look. And, and I think when we all are guilty of this jay like that road trip i think people we all, i do it i get ahead of myself oh they could they could go 2 and 2 3 and 1 maybe look at this teams they're playing well those are teams that are trying to beat you too and you might look at record and say you're better than them but like one of the nights i think the kings had one more win than okc so you're not looking like a you're a 10 win team and they're a one win team 
it's not much of a difference. And so I, the Kings aren't in that spot to go, oh, we're good enough to just show up on these road trips and win. And so why have they not? I think that's almost the why is what I've been trying to figure out is either one, they're just not good enough, or it's kind of somewhere in between where you're saying it's the that's the a league. When you're a 500 or roughly around there, you're going to lose some of those games. You're not going to beat everybody that's below you. Um, or are they just certainly um, underachieving, too? I, I don't know which one it is yet. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Jason, you're more or less saying not so much as the result. You're looking to how they've gotten to the results. Yeah, because I look at, and no one does this as far as moral victories. That wasn't my point early. But like when they played Utah, who I think is going to win the West and might even win the championship. But, you know, the Warriors look, and we got to see more. The Warriors have really impressed me and a few other teams. But even if that's my belief, when the Kings played them, I thought, well, they probably can't beat them. And they didn't, but watching them, I go, man, they are playing them well. They match up. This looks good. Utah finished strong the last four minutes. I get it. I see why it happened. I was okay with that. Not that anybody wants them to lose, but some of these others, it's like, man, it just feels like it's more confusing about the team, about the personnel, about the way they're playing. Um, it just leaves you with more questions in some of these other. Some Both of them were losses, like this road trip and the two losses to Utah or even the Warrior game. It just, the others looked different to me and maybe even better in their overall performance if that makes sense yeah I definitely understand that that is something that I can't argue because you want to see and I think most fans want to see progress and Mm -hmm. when you're kind of confused or see some things that you know could be misleading could be true could be you kind of up in the air you I can understand that you know it kind of confuses you a bit and those are the things that I think King's Universe has seen over the last 15 years, and I think those are the things that frustrates King Universe. Um, and I get it. It happens. I guess what I'm just saying is this. I think there were going to be some confusing games and confusing moments within this season, even mm-hmm. with a new group that has been brought forth by the organization. Yeah, that's true. That happens to everybody. Absolutely. And so if we can all agree upon that, and that's that's my first base, I challenge any part of, any person from King's Universe to say, you know what, before the season, we were going to finish fifth on my, in my mind. Okay, now I need you to tell me why. That's the first part. The second part behind that would be, if we can agree that there were going to be some confusing parts among the season, then this can we just chalk this up as being one of those moments? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean... <laughs> I don't I don't understand why King's Universe every single and again I'm going to keep pushing this. We're going th- this are. is going to catch somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> goes into each season not being realistic with themselves. It's okay to want hope, wish, I know we're going to be better. I can see it on paper and then in the last 15 years, the Kings haven't produced anything that makes it look like they should finish in the top five. Right, right. Top four or win the division. At any point in time, should they have won the Pacific? No. Right. So, I mean, come on. For for the years of uh, – throughout the annual, the years of annual NBA, people who finish eighth, they're 500 teams. They're, they're, they hover around 500. The Kings will probably hover around 500. And plus or minus one or two, hey, it's okay. That's what I expected. I expect a a four-game winning streak somewhere in between the season, and everything will be great. And then, you know, everybody be flooding. Hey, King's Universe was fantastic. We're going to finish seventh. And then they're going to go two and two the next two, you know, next four. It happens. Yeah. 
And I think, I guess, too, but based on the team's expectations, you heard playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. That still can happen and be 500. That all can still be in play. And I don't know that they were saying, you know, two seed. But we'll get into this more. It's Kings and Raptors coming up again still to come on the show. We are going to visit with Lincoln Kennedy. He is going to join us. And we have the coaches at the Causeway, Coach Troy Taylor, Coach Dan Hawkins. That's all coming up before we get out of here for game night. We're back with more from Golden One uh, right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. KHKs, we're back here. Jason Ross here with you again. Kings and Raptors talked a lot about them so far in the show. Got to get in some NFL and still to come, the coaches of the Causeway Classic in the five o'clock hour. We're going to hear from Coach Troy Taylor and Coach Dan Hawkins, UC Davis, Sacramento State Causeway Classic tomorrow right here on KHTK. We still have that to come. Hey, Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown. Sacramento. All right. Speaking of the Kings, though, in basketball, I want to do hit you up with this. Your chance right now. Dial 1-800-920-1140. 1-800-920-1140. And your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Kings take on the Portland Trailblazers. That's next Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, right here at Golden One Center, November 24th. For tickets and more information, visit khdk.com. We'll take caller number five right now at 1-800-920-1140. Again, for the Kings and the Blazers. All right, let's jump back in, or let's jump into some football for the weekend because we got another good weekend of action coming up. Lincoln Kennedy to join us here in just a few moments. But uh, we we got to go back to last night. The week started here with Week 11 action in the National Football League with Thursday night. Wasn't the greatest game, but I think what it left us thinking or left me thinking is watch out for the Patriots. Third down and five snap. He's back in the pocket. He fires across. Well, it's picked up by Kyle Van Noy. And he's going to take it to the right side. 20 to the 15. Outside to the 10 to the 5. Oh. And into the end zone. That is a third pick six for the Patriots in their last four games. Well, I mean, a big one night really was Devin's interception. The rest of them, you know, came at the end. I don't know if it really affected the score that much. I mean, a good place. JC made a heck of a play on the, on the interception on the sideline. Kyle and, and uh, AP. But when you get ahead, that's, that's kind of when some of those plays come. Now, of course, Bill Belichick downplayed that. He's always going to do that, right? I mean, they're now 5-0 and on the road. 5-0 and on the road for New England. Still playing a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, who was just super efficient. Nothing excessive, nothing flashy, but you get a shutout on the road. You get those interceptions. I know Coach was downplaying it, like I said, but uh, that was impressive. 25 nothing win over the Falcons, and you may not think that highly of the Falcons, but let's just it's not about the Falcons to me. This is about the Patriots as of late. So you think about they're a couple of plays away early from really turning their season in a different direction. Close call to the Buccaneers, close call to the Dolphins. They did lose by a couple scores to the Saints, and they actually were hanging with the Cowboys. But in this stretch here, in this win streak, 54 points they put on the Jets. They beat the Chargers 27-24, beat the Panthers comfortably. Last week I was really impressed with their blowout win over the Browns, and then they just took care of the Falcons last night. And if you think about what's ahead, the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn even more. Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. That's a really tough setup, but they got extra time to get ready for the Titans. And this team uh, is looking really good right now. And I think that's the beauty of the NFL is we make early assessments on a team that gets out to a 3-0 and start or the other way, an 0-3 start or something like that. Well, Patriots were just, just kind of going through things, 1-3, and three, nobody thinking that much about them. And that 1-3 and three was after the loss to Tampa, all that attention with Tom Brady. Well, they have settled in, and now there's more of the season that's gone on. They've played 11 games, and at 7-4, and four, they look to be obviously a really good defense with all those guys that missed a year ago that are now back playing. They're obviously well-coached. 
and they've groomed their rookie quarterback to look like a nice piece going forward. So I still think of better teams than them in the NFL and certainly in the AFC, but I don't think anybody's looking forward to having to play the Patriots if and when they get into the playoffs. So that's how the NFL week started. Uh, we got to look at a couple other games going into the week as well. Let's let's look at the 49ers, and they're hoping for more of this. News check out right, three right, Garoppolo back on fourth down, throws over the middle. It's caught by Debo again. <laughs> Breaks a tackle. He's going to run in the end zone for a touchdown. What a night by Debo Samuel on Monday Night Football. Touchdown, San Francisco. Well, that was Greg Papa from the Raider, uh, from the 49ers. Well, he was the Raiders radio network, the 49ers radio network, and they were great. They were great on Monday to get to four and five. So much was needed in that game, and I had said a couple weeks ago when they had the two-game stretch with the Cardinals and the Rams that they need to get one. Their best setup was the, was the Cardinals. Hopkins was out, Murray was out, and the Niners looked awful. Well, their response was fantastic. They looked great on Monday, ran the ball, ran it effectively, played ahead, took the spirit away from the Rams. Now you have to go into Jacksonville and back it up because I think much like we just talked about the Patriots, the 49ers can still redirect their season. It hasn't looked very good for the majority of it, but they looked great on Monday. It shows you their potential run the ball, take care of the ball, put Jimmy G in those good down and distance positions and special teams and defense help you out, and you should beat Jacksonville. You should. No gimmies. Nothing's easy. Jacksonville's getting a little better as the year goes along. I think the Niners got to be favored by about a touchdown in this one on the road, and no matter how it ends, they need to come home 5-5 five and five for the last portion of the schedule that's coming up with 17 games. And they can still get themselves into a good playoff position or be one of those teams that is playing their best at the end of the year, which is what you ideally want. So the Niners have to back up what they did last Monday night with a strong performance against Jacksonville. Some other games to keep our eye on in the NFL this week. I think one of the best games by far is going to be at least schedule on paper, how it looks, tradition, Cowboys and Chiefs. Man, that just sounds good. Cowboys 7-2, and two, Chiefs now getting better at 6-4. and four. And uh, let's do the, uh, you know, the obligatory check-in from Jerry Jones. It's not any other game in Missouri, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and um, I'm in cowboy country, I believe, in Missouri. But uh, uh, everybody's so excited over this matchup, and I am too. Uh, I have such respect for their coach. I have such respect for their organization. And they've certainly had a lot of success these past several years. And uh, it's got all of the matchups of going in the lines, den. They have great atmosphere. Uh, all of that is there, and they've got an outstanding team. We go up there and could come out of there with a win. It would be a hallmark win for us this year. Even hearing Jerry there, though, describe that, it would be a hallmark win. The Cowboys are a proud franchise that has a ton of hallmark wins now they may be past and 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 a long way a long way back but that's what they think of the Chiefs because the Chiefs have been that team the last couple of years the Cowboys look the part though this year they stubbed their toe a couple weeks ago in the hard to explain loss to the Broncos but the majority of the season the Cowboys have been good on all levels they've got a lot of team speed they block well the Dak is looking good Ezekiel Elliott's got a rebirth the receiving core is good High-level players defensively, those young guys, they've drafted. They've drafted well. That's important. 
and on the other side, the Chiefs. Here they are at 6-4. and four. I still don't know that they've looked great. They looked better, though, against the Raiders in a game that we're going to talk about with Lincoln here in a moment. Could have gone either way for a while, and then it just became ugly. And the the, Col- or the, excuse me, the Chiefs dominated. Mahomes got loose for five touchdowns. And speaking of Mahomes, let's hear Coach McCarthy talk about the obvious of who they're looking at is Patrick Mahomes. I'm aware of the numbers, you know, as far as the, the turnovers, uh, takeaways, but I, I think just like anything in our game, uh, you know, the last game, I mean, he's AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I think it, it shows you not only what he's capable of, he's done, he's played at that level for a long time already. It's established himself in the league as an MVP uh, quarterback. So that's the quarterback we're preparing for. All right, so it is the uh, Cowboys and Chiefs. That's a game to watch this weekend. Another one, not as much of a high-profile game like that, but the intrigue to me is Washington and the Panthers in the sense of Cam Newton, given the nod officially today that he is going to be the starter for Carolina. He's going against Washington, so he's back with his old team, going against his old coach, and Ron Rivera shared his thoughts on Cam. He's as dynamic a personality as there is, and he is a guy that, that's going to bring energy to the – well, we saw he brought energy to the club. I need to tell you what, you know, what he can do. We saw it. And we've got to contain him, and that's, that's the truth of the matter. If he's the starting quarterback, we have to contain him. We've got to account for his triple threat. He can run the ball, hand the ball off, or throw it. You know, he, he's, he's a unique individual. He's got his own personality. He plays with his personality. Uh, he plays best when he, his personality is showing. So we've got, to, we've got to be able to get after him early and not let him get comfortable. I do have to say it's an amazing story. I did not think Cam would be back in the league. I really didn't. But this is a scenario where he's back. He's back! He said it last week. He's 5-5. Five and five. They're 5-5. Five and five. Washington's 3-6. and six. I think that game gives us a lot of intrigue this weekend to me as far as just that specific storyline. All right, now let's jump into the Raiders. All right, Raiders and Bengals. It's our weekly check with our guy, Lincoln Kennedy, uh, joining us now here on KHTK. Lincoln, I wish we were talking on better circumstances. That was not the best version of the Raiders that we saw Sunday night. Not even close. As a matter of fact, it was completely sloppy. Um, I was really disappointed in, uh, in just inexcusable penalties that they had on both sides of the ball and then just the overall sloppiness of the play. And, and you know what? It, it, for the most part, they were, they were outplayed on, um, by the Chiefs. Um, and pushing forward, they still have another game against the Chiefs. They've got to devise a plan on how they're going to slow down the middle of the field uh, catches, uh, Travis Kelsey and stuff like that. You know, for Patrick Mahomes, I think he was, I want to say he was 26 of 32 for over 300 yards on passes uh, 10 yards and under. Mm. Um, so that's not a good not, not a good remedy for success on defense. You've got to find a way to, to fix that. Yeah, five touchdowns for him, and it ended up being a blowout. I mean, it, it still was a game early third quarter. Raiders got the touchdown to Edwards, and you're like, okay, I mean, I didn't think they were playing great, but it felt like, okay, they could still do something here. But for the majority of the game, Lincoln, there was just no run game at all for the Raiders. No run game at all. Um, Spagnoli, even ever since last season, the second time they played him, Spagnoli is the defensive coordinator for Kansas City, found a way to nullify the run game and negate a great deal of it. And that's, that, that's not unusual for the Raiders. Let's, let's face it, they haven't had the most prolific run games uh, throughout this season. So they've been using – this is a – you know, people want to sit there and say that it's a running team. It's not a running football team. It's a passing football team. Um, they run occasionally just to offset what they do passing-wise. But um, for the most part, you know, I, I said, Jason, before I said on my broadcast – um, this team, this roster was created to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs in the National Football League. The availability of offensive uh, explosiveness uh, is readily there. When you have an unusually accurate quarterback, he can you know, make those pinpoint throws and be able to exceed. But what you cannot overcome is the you know, stupid penalties and mispossessions. 
And, you know, I'll go back to the first possession for the Raiders in the game after, the, you know, the defense did a great job at forcing the Chiefs to punt, you know, in the first series. The Raiders had a fourth down in inches, and, and you had one of the – Alex Leatherwood jumped off sides. It's just inexcusable. Um, the, the penalties have become costly in, in, in precious times or important times, and, and that was a mispossession because if they would have scored, they could have probably put a little bit more pressure on the Chiefs uh, to, to try to keep up. You know, you brought up Leatherwood. I actually made a note watching the game. I wanted to ask you about it because, you know, you have so much expertise in offensive line play. They draft him to be a tackle. They've kind of moved him to guard. Has that been better for I mean, how has he played in his rookie season, would you say? First of all, the move to guard is nothing unusual. When I was drafted in the first round in 93, I played my first season at guard. Um, it's a way for you to get acclimated to the speed of the game. It, sometimes it protects the individual just to, so they can sort of refine their game and hone it to be on a professional level because the college and a pro game are so different. So it's not a big deal. But since he's moved in at guard, he's played better. The thing with Alex Leatherwood is he's a strong guy. And he likes to try to, if I could try to put it in layman's terms, he likes to try to reach out and grab and take a hold of guys. Not holding in the holding penalty, even though he's had those. But he wants to play with his arms really elongated, straight out, and strength and try to strong arm guys. Well, that doesn't do you well at tackle. At tackle, you have to be a counterpuncher because you're in space. Uh, the Von Millers and, and the, the Khalil Max of the world aren't going to run right into you. They're going to try to run around you. So you've got to be able like a boxer. You have to use your legs and your feet more often. Uh, what they did by moving Alex Leatherwood in, inside the guard, it negates a lot of the space that he has to deal with. More importantly, it allows you to use the strength um, as a strength uh, for the offense because he's powerful. You can run behind him and stuff like that. They've had some success doing that as well uh, with some of their runs. But um, he's, his game is honed a little bit more now that he's inside. It's like blocking in a phone booth. There's less space for that defensive tackle or nose guard to go. So it makes it more better for him, uh, for him to do utilize his talents. Talking with Lincoln Kennedy here. Lincoln, so, I mean, right now he's a guard. He was drafted as a tackle. It, what, where is he in a year? Where is he in two years? Back at tackle or staying at guard, you think? It doesn't bother me as long as he's on the play, on the field. The thing is that you want to have your five best players out there as your offensive lineman. Right now he's a solid offensive lineman. He deserves to be on the field. If he stays at guard, that's okay. The Raiders still have some offensive line issues. I mean, Brandon Parker, for, for what it seems, still cannot stop a bull rush. Um, and he's in his fourth year of league, so they might have to try to go somewhere else um, uh, outside to, to find an extra offensive lineman. They need offensive line help because they've got to get more production. And, you know, for what it's worth, they had a plan coming into the season. They thought Denzel Good was going to be there, and Alex Leather was going to compliment him. Denzel is lost for the season due to a knee injury, and they thought they were going to get some production out of Richie Incognito. They were going to be able to protect John Simpson. That didn't happen either, so these guys are having to learn by the trial of fire. Yeah, I mean, another one where they thought they had a plan here, obviously with a guy like Henry Ruggs, his top-end speed on the outside, what he can do. We know what happened with him. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. So you had Deshaun Jackson, a veteran, and, you know, we saw the one play. You could see where he could help, got it downfield. Unfortunately, he ended up turning that over. Um, but as the season progresses, how much do you think a guy like Deshaun Jackson could help the offense? He will help, and there were opportunities there that were missed in the last week's game. The, the fact is, is that Derek Carr, just like he did in the Charger game, had a case of happy feet. Um, and just wouldn't go through, wouldn't even go through his full progression. He would go through maybe his main progression and then check it down. Now that's been a detriment. And I even said on the broadcast, he's got to learn to trust his protection a little more because there were times where the Chiefs brought blitzes and the offense and the offense collectively picked it up well, gave him time, but he just had a case of happy feet. Um, when Derek decides to relax and and looks down the field, surveys down the field, there were going to be open times because there were times where the receivers got behind the defense, he was just he just didn't wait long enough for it to, to take hold. 
Lincoln, I think about seasons. It's a long season. There's lots of little ups and downs, and they're in one of those down pockets, and it could keep going this way or they could change as quickly as Sunday. But it's almost like a, a locker room check where you go, all right, it's they've been through a lot. I mean, they really have, and they, they kind of got on the other end of that looking pretty good, and now they've dropped two in a row, and it's not even that they lost them. I didn't think they played very well the last two weeks. So where do you think the locker room is with just their confidence, knowing that they're probably better than the last two weeks, but right now they're not playing well? Well, I, I think the, the confidence is waning. The, the fact is, is that they lost to an inferior team in the Giants, and they got their asses beat by you know a divisional team by the Chiefs. So, you know, if anything, I would hope that they would play angry uh, and play with a little bit more confidence because let's face it, the schedule's not getting easier. Cincinnati's coming off of a bye, playing pretty damn good football, and then on top of that, you've got you've got Dallas on a short week uh, Thanksgiving game. So, um, and who's also playing doggone football? So, you know, there's the, there's no time for you to sort of you know settling your tears you got to make up your mind if you want to be a good team or not but i've always believed teams that win in november december play in january the raiders have got to right the ship yeah and they, they've learned the last couple of years that they've had good seasons going and kind of fizzled at the end let's talk about the Bengals, a, a team that's had some really good wins this year and then a couple of a curious losses but that's a team that is has gotten better i mean they were you know one of the teams picking early in the draft the last couple of years but now they, they've moved those young talented players to get better what do you think about the Bengals for sunday well, really surprised that they're the team that's actually winning coming out of Ohio. I thought it was going to be the Cleveland Browns, but <laughs> Cleveland is struggling. Um, but Cincinnati, is, I guess, has done their, their fair share of, of making things right for themselves. Of course, you, you know, you draft your quarterback, and they've, now they've got a star receiver, and their defense is playing well. So they're starting to come into their own. I, I think that's what you expect when a team you know, drafts well, you know, creates a system. A uh, coach brings in a system, creates it, and you take your lumps, but they're, I mean, they're, they can be inconsistent. And I think there have been times where, you know, especially like their loss to the Jets, where it's inconsistent. Those things happen. Don't get me wrong. Every team, even the good teams, find a way to lose and want teams that they should beat. Um, but the thing is, is how they're going to respond after the bye. The Raiders have got a lot of stuff they need to work for or look forward to, and it will not be easy going up against this team. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, you've got to play your own schedule, and obviously the Chiefs are a rival. But, man, the swing, if they were able to somehow win on Sunday, they didn't deserve to. They didn't really have their chance to. But based on the Chargers losing – uh, based on the Broncos losing, and if they could have got one up on the Chiefs, that really would have been a big swing game for the Raiders. Well, there's that's that small window uh, of you know of taking full advantage of opportunities. It doesn't happen that often, as you mentioned. You know, they got word that the that the two teams around them, the Broncos and the Chargers, had lost. And you know, I was saying all along that I think it's going to come down to the, the Chargers and the Raiders to decide this division chapter, uh, division title. But the, the Raiders got to find a way to pull it together. I'm not even thinking about the division right now. They got to find a way to get a win. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, they'll be watching the scoreboard again this week. But they got to worry about themselves at home against the Bengals. Again, you can hear that here on KHDK. I, I don't know if you have an opinion on this. I just thought I'd ask you about Gruden's uh, lawsuit on the league. Uh, that's the kind of the latest news that's come out from uh, from the former coach. Yeah, good for him. I mean, because there there was something that was awry. Um, these these emails came out, and it's only six hundred oh, not only, but that <laughs> you know, was proposed that six hundred fifty thousand emails uh, were were gone through, and it happens that his name was dragged through the mud. So good for him. Yeah, and then you are always busy. You got college, you got uh, the NFL, uh, but uh, your school. I got to ask you about Washington. Uh, uh, there was so much huge expectation for the Huskies this year. It hasn't gone their way, and then Jimmy Lake is out. What's uh? Yeah. Is Lincoln Kennedy going to be the next? Are we breaking news? You're going to be the oh, next. Oh no, coach. no, no! Not even close. <laughs> don't even try that. No. Uh, I've, got a, I've got three teenagers at home. I don't have time to, to coach a football team. Um, <laughs> the truth of the matter is that uh, the university is in complete disarray, and there were a lot of high expectations when Jimmy Lake got the job because. Coach 
Peterson had, you know, basically put his uh, threw his name into the hat, and so the university thought they were going the right way. But it's been it's lacked direction. It's lacked a system that they can that they can definitely pro, uh, be prolific by, and it's just been inept on both sides of the ball all season. And it, it'll be interesting to see who they go out and get, who Jen and uh, Jen Cohen, uh, the athletic director, decides to hire. I know it's still. Is it this weekend? No, it's uh, the following week. The Apple Cup. What's your What's your yeah. favorite memory as a Husky in that in that matchup? Uh, it, I, I don't. I mean, the, the times that we beat Wazoo were the, probably the favorite memory. The one that stands out most is the one that I lost in my senior year, mm. my last college football, not last college football game, regular season college football game. Um, we had to go to Wazoo over to Pullman and, and play Drew Bledsoe, uh, Drew Bledsoe and the Cougars, and we end up losing that game in a snow game. So that, that's my least fond memory. But I do know this in, in all my days of playing football i never won a game in the snow and whether it was new england whether it was wazoo anytime there was snow we never never won the game so that's one of those unfortunate things misses i wish i could take back and refine and make better <laughs> it's so funny lincoln i mean talking to you for the years we have as a former athlete uh coaches that we've talked to everybody hangs on to that loss it's funny like you have, you have so many great wins but it's those losses people never get over yeah, you, you, you're, you're salty over a loss. You hate to lose. <laughs> yes. I mean, the thing is, is that you know we were that that year fell apart for us, the Huskies in Washington, because we we when we went down to play the the Wildcats in Arizona, we were ranked number one, and then the whole thing about Billy Joe Holbert and, mm. the, and the probation and everything kind of came out, and we'd lost our way after that. We and I, I mean, I was ecstatic because you know we come off a national championship, we're kind of cruising the following year, and then after that, and just fell apart to lose to the, the cross-state rivals in the last game when I can't stand the Cougars. Uh, it, it was one of those things that just left a salty taste in my mouth and will always be remembered. Is that one of the things your favorite teams, the Huskies, and who's ever playing the Cougars? Basically, yeah, because yeah, the, well, the Cougars find a way to blow things. So you know, that's why they say that the term came, they cooged it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what, that's what it goes to. But, you know, being in the Pac-12 and having to call, having to call a couple Wazoo games and stuff like that and then have that memory just sit on the top of your lip is, is not, not fun. I, I was sharing this with you. It was funny. I just did a Sac State game this weekend. They played Portland State, and I record any time they played. You had a Portland State-Washington uh, State game earlier this year. I so I'm I like, I, I was, I, So I watched the whole thing, watched your work. I go, oh, Lincoln, it doesn't even sound like you're leaning against a Washington State at all? No, I, you know I have to be impartial, and I do that in any game I call. It doesn't matter my loyalty or favoritism. But the fact is that one of the things that stood out about that game were in Pullman, and during the break, you know they're they're playing some little chant. I'm, I listen to take off my headphones, and it says dun, 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 bump the Huskies. I'll, you know you can use the other <laughs> word that they're putting in college, and I'm like you're not even playing Washington. I know why bother? You know <laughs> you're playing Portland State. I said this is this is how how intuitive and classy the Cougar Student Council is. They're saying, and they're saying, duh, duh, bump the Huskies, bump the Huskies. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, that's what makes college so great. It really does. Story. Well, Lincoln, uh, thank you. Uh, best of luck to you this weekend and all your uh, work. And then certainly the Raiders will be checking that game out on Sunday. And we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Jason. Thanks for having me, bud. All right, our thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. It should be a good weekend of action. As we mentioned, the Niners feel like they have to get right against Jacksonville. Uh, the other games after last night's impressive win by the Patriots, you got Colts and Bills, Ravens and Bears, Lions. Can they get their first one? I don't know. I still maintain they need to get a second tie so they can have 0-15-2. It won't be as bad as their 0-16 year. Um, but with 17 games, you don't want that 16th loss. See if they can get another tie. Texans. Uh, man, they've lost eight in a row. They get the Titans this week. Aaron Rodgers, good to go for the Packers and Vikings. Dolphins and Jets. Saints at the Eagles. You also have Cowboys, Chiefs. We mentioned the Raiders against the Bengals. Cardinals and Seahawks. That's a little bit intriguing. Seattle's trying to save their season. Steelers at Chargers Sunday night. And then the Monday night game 
Buccaneers, and the Giants. The teams uh, off this week, the Broncos and the Rams. All right, that's our look at football. We've talked a lot of basketball on the show. We've talked some uh, NFL football there. Thanks again to Lincoln Kennedy. When we come back, of course, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be game night, but we'll start the hour with the Causeway. UC Davis, Sacramento State, hooking up in the Causeway Classic tomorrow at UC Davis, and it's going to be fun. 8-2 and two versus 8-2, and two, two highly ranked teams, both going to the playoffs. We're going to hear from the coaches as uh, Coach Troy Taylor, Coach Dan Hawkins will join us. We'll do all that and the crossover before we get to game night. That's all coming your way next right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.